welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 264. I am your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing Discovery's first season episodes, Into the Forest I Go, and Despite Yourself. Here we go. Into the Forest I Go, Season 1, Episode 9, original release date, November 12th, 2017, directed by Chris Byrne, written by Bo Yun Kim and Erica Lippold. Guest cast include Jane Brooks as Vice Admiral Katrina Cornwell, Mary Chifo as Laurel, Wilson Cruz as Dr. Hugh Colber, Kenneth Mitchell as Cole, Conrad Coates as Admiral Terrell, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer, Patrick Kwan Chun as Reese, Sarah Midich as Arium, and Oyan Oladejo as Joanne Owa Sekun. Disobeying Starfleet's orders to return to Starbase, Lorca plans to use the spore drive in hundreds of jumps to discover the secret of the Klingon's cloaking device and to end the war once and for all. Lorca convinces a hesitant Stamets the jumps will also bring about a new era of exploration and um, reluctantly agrees to let Burnham on the mission with Tyler to plant sensors aboard the Klingon ship. I know better than to ask you not to do this, but I will ask you to allow me to take precautions. I'm so glad he finally told you about the side effects. Side effects? Oh my God, oh my God, I'm sorry, I just assumed. No, it's okay, Tilly. I'm sure the Lieutenant has a good explanation for keeping that a secret. Phew, there's no time. This cuff will let me treat you while you're in the chamber. All right, into the forest I go. Uh, Steve, kick us off on this one. Yeah, so I enjoy this episode. This is obviously the um, last of the first half of the season. They split this season into uh, this one wrapped in November, and the uh, remainder of the season didn't kick off until January of 2018. Obviously, a lot lot going on here. It's basically kind of an action action oriented um, episode in terms of they have a they have a big job to do. They're a very ambitious kind of you know project or whatever and, and a lot of a lot to juggle but i think it's i think it's a lot of fun i, I enjoyed it you know they try to um uh kind of keep all the little storylines going and what's going you know what's happening and keep those all in the air and so forth and um you know in, in this ep- in both episodes we're going to talk about today i i am um, i've always kind of dug the Lorca character it's it's what's i think what's interesting about that arc is that there is a is a really organic kind of feel of that he just kind of is like a little bit nasty and edgy all the way to, Oh, you know, he's full of it and you realize it, but it's, it's subtle, right? It's not like one day, all of a sudden you wake up and, Oh, this guy is just full of it, you know, but of course, and it's, un- it's unique in that way yeah. for a captain on a Star Trek show. I mean, yes. of, of a main captain, not like just some visiting ship or something. Right. Right. And so, um, I think that that's really, that's really interesting. You know, I mean, it, the, his kind of theme is, the the notion of which i mean we're we're all familiar with this unfortunately this idea that uh, uh you know this a person a real manipulating type is a person who you know is has this kind of finesse you know personality and that um basically utilizes rules and law when it's convenient you know and 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 we see that on this episode and the next one as well but um he basically you know, of course, we know in retrospect what's going on here, but at the time we didn't know his exact motivations. But we, uh, you know, why he's doing everything he's doing. Um, but it's uh, on the on the whole, this episode I think is is basically kind of a romp. It's a it's a fun. There's a whole lot of different things going on, and we have a job to do, and we have 
you know, a very taxing kind of process we got to get through and can we pull it off while we, you know, cross cut between Burnham and Tyler on the ship and on the Klingon ship and what's going on in terms of the jumps. And so I think, I think it's a lot of fun. This episode. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm mostly going to agree with you except for Tyler stuff. And I'm going to have the same opinion on the Tyler stuff for this one and the next episode. But um, before I get into that, Adam, what are some of your first thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree too. This is a, it's a fun episode. Um, Steve's right. It's, it's, it's the last episode of the kind of the first half of the season, you know, they're splitting it in two. So, um, they, they kind of wrap things up and then they kind of start introducing new things that we're going to see in the, in the next up coming episodes. You, you brought up Tyler, um, Brian, and, um, I happen to agree with you. And this is where like, um, this is the problem with these, these episodes. I've, I can't remember if the scene between him and um, Burnham in his quarters was in this episode or the next one. I didn't write it in my notes. I should have. Um, and I like that scene, but um, is, is that in this episode? I'm sorry. Um, they're in their quarters and he's explaining. Where Tyler to, tells Burnham about the torture. Lorel's yeah. obsession with him. Yeah. That's this episode. That is in this episode. I like that scene. I really like that scene up until the point when they started kissing and it's cause I don't know. I mean, hindsight's 2020. 20. I mean, I think maybe even the writers would, could realize like maybe they should, they were just better friends. And, you know, we've discussed this and exhausting that they, they don't have chemistry. But even if all that wasn't true, there's something, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anybody else say this. Maybe I'm taking this too far or something, but it's like, he's admitting to her that he was, raped right i mean he's, he's saying that he was sexually assaulted tortured and then and assaulted yeah, yeah and then they then they, the response in is for them to kiss this seems yeah it's weird weird at best creepy at worst i don't know i mean well no that's what i was that's i i'm yeah that's where i'm with you i'd like that scene up until the point where they, they got physical and I, and for that reason which you just stated brian and also like he's he's vulnerable vulnerable now clearly incredibly vulnerable in that moment it doesn't seem appropriate i don't know it's weird totally agree when brian going back to what steve was saying this is a fun romp i was the, the scenes with um discovery doing the multiple jumps all around the klingon ship that's really it's, it's neat to see you know we really get to see the full um you know effects of the show and what this ship can do you know and that also leads into what's going on with stamets which is an interesting storyline you know he's um you know been affected by the um by the merging of the tardigrade dna dna into into his system and so and you got that thing going on with his relationship so that that's an interesting storyline and you know that gets crazier in the next episode <laughs> we'll, we'll get there so yeah it's it's entertaining it's fun um it's got a lot to see going back to Lorca, um i was thinking about I, you, you guys are right. It's it's subtle what they do, and they always kind of misdirect you because at the beginning of this episode, it's like, oh, now he kind of seems like a Starfleet captain. He's he wants, you know, he's he's making this plea to protect this planet, um, that kind of thing. But then, you know, and then he has that discussion with Stamus about um, exploration. You know, for all of us in hindsight, you know, yeah, he's he's doing the manipulation. But I, when I was watching this the first time through, I didn't know he was going to be turn out to be what he was so i'm you know i'm still still kind of like he's he's off he's not right but he's doing he's got characteristics of a really good captain so um i i really i think i like Lorca better this time around i'm knowing what happened so yeah there's stuff like like just that little simple shot of showing him putting in the jump coordinates 
which you know you don't get the first time you watch it but then but the second time you're like oh he's you know he's manipulated all of this so that he can figure out how to get back to the mirror universe and he's putting in those jump coordinates to get to them. he's doing all this but you don't you know that you yeah. don't get that payoff until you rewatch it which is kind of weird and it makes it a little less satisfying the first time but yeah i, I agree i agree it's 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 more satisfying that second time that made me think that the, you know maybe this should have been discovery second season and that whole prologue that in the first two episodes should have been should, maybe should have been at least six episodes that should have been the first half of the first season and then this well, should be the second half yeah well, you know what I'm, i'll save my mirror universe stuff for the next episode when we're officially there but yeah i i agree that it that a lot of this episode is fun the whole 133 micro jumps thing that's really cool it's really neat to see it's a cool idea the fight the the fisticuffs between burnham and core is it's a really cool, cool fight scene but it's also it's neat because it's such a like bridge to you know a, a bookend i mean to you know what happened the last time burnham was on that the ship of the dead bridge and fighting to and that whole scene you know and she's such a different person in that in this in this episode than she was at the beginning of the season. So it's it's neat. It's a there's a lot of cool stuff there. And it is nice to get some of the, so many of these stories wrapped up like destroying that ship. It's cool cool effect. I will say about Tyler, I did like that they kind of went with the PSD um you know, PTS you know, him you know, him having these flashbacks and it really affecting him emotionally and mentally. I like that they kind of, you know, they went there with that character. I was starting, you know, you don't see that often, like a breakdown in a, um, in a main character or an officer. Um, where they go with it's a, it's another story. But in this episode, I, I think it worked. It definitely worked. It's it's a cool idea. But what I just don't, I, I what I don't get is even going back to when he first, when Lorca first brought him off of the Klingon ship, the first time he came aboard Discovery, and all of a sudden Lorca's giving him a job after he'd been prisoner for all those months that seemed a little weird but okay maybe possibly maybe because nobody had seen him really have problems but here we see we really see that ptsd when he and burnham are on the away mission on the ship of the dead he's with cornwell and he just shuts down and he completely jeopardizes the mission and i'm not saying that we you know i I don't, don't think that they should be <laughs> tossing out people that have PTSD, but clearly you need to be taken out of the rotation. You shouldn't be going on any more away missions. There's a basic, basic logic to that. And Tyler explains everything that happened to Burnham. She's seen him shut down on the ship. He explains to her where, where it all came from. On what planet does Tyler not get relieved of, you know, active duty so that he can be not discarded, but treated for this ptsd and given a chance like i i just it it made no sense to me before it makes less sense to me now well i mean it's bananas it doesn't make a lick of sense it's not just that but it's it's not just illogical it's it's irresponsible and and kind of stupid i don't get it it's always bugged me and i'm gonna hit it's gonna be even more nutty in the next episode but even in this episode i don't get it how is he not sidelined um well that's that's a that, to me that was a poor writing choice for for Burnham because that's you know they she didn't turn him in she didn't say anything um, and that it's not just her but it's it's him too like he should be I, he I should can, be saying if he was a good officer if he was a good 
if he was a person but of he's not, I character, he would be like, I should not be going out anymore. But he's not in a, in a clearly of the right mental space. That we, okay, we, then yeah, yeah, it should be her. At least it should be her telling Lorca or telling somebody else and letting somebody hire like Lorca make that decision. I don't know. Right. It just it doesn't make any sense. On what planet is that the case? I don't. I, is he still working? I I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, yeah, she gave him one chance, and then yeah, we'll get into the. She gave him two chances um, when he does it again. So, but we'll get there. Steve, did this not bother you at all? No, I, I agree. And, and in retrospect. Um, it's that stuff with Tyler is kind of the weak point of a lot of this season, certainly this episode. I mean, overall, like I said, I like the episode, but if they would have focused on the notion that him as a victim, you know, uh, you know, the post-traumatic stress and say Tyler was uh, supporting him and, and, or I'm sorry, uh, Burnham was supporting him and that she made responsible choices for the mission and the ship, obviously it would have been a, a much more logical, reasonable feel. We would have felt better about that. But because of the whole love interest thing to go down that path, it, it kind of muddied things up and it wasn't necessary. It makes it a little wacky. They're not, don't have good chemistry. And um, it, it makes it makes everyone look bad when people start making poor choices. It just it just makes it strange and muddies things up. And they would, really wouldn't need to have gone there and still kept the kept the path they would have gone. You know, with Laurel and Tyler and what ultimately ended up. You know, I mean, so um, so we, we would you say Brian? Would you say that was true the of Stannis too? You know, nobody said anything. He clearly, clearly was kind of out of it as well. So it's doubled up. At least he gave. He's in a very unique position. You know, he's literally the only person, the only person that can make the the, uh, the spore drive work. And that is the only ship with the spore drive. And Starfleet is at, is at war. And that ship is incredibly important. He had the scene in the previous episode where he explains to um, Tilly that he, he can't talk about it because if, if Culber finds out, He's screwed either way, whether he keeps his mouth shut or says something. Either way, you know, I, I mean, at least that when they had a narrative reason that I bought it, it made sense. I could have seen that. I could see that. This doesn't, I don't get. I didn't get it. I don't get it. What's so special about Tyler? How is he in this weird situation? Even if he was relieved to duty, he could still have a relationship with, you know, <laughs> a relationship without any kind of chemistry. Uh, he could still have a relationship with Burnham. I mean, it wouldn't. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. And to take this even further, the um, the admiral doesn't even report it, and she witnessed it. Well, we don't know that. I mean, True. maybe they just kind of threw her on a shuttle, and she was gone. And she was going into surgery or something. Yeah. And then we end up in the mirror universe before we actually communicate with her. So who knows exactly? But. One thing I was wondering, so there is that brief moment where Tyler has like the flashbacks. I guess they're flashbacks to sex. Yeah, they're, 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 that was the most horrifying thing I've seen. That, that, that scared was, me more than anything that we've seen so well, far. It's, uh, about it's adult stuff. It's sex and dismembering and bone growth and so on. It's uh, a lot so of he's honor. he's remembering it. His flashback is as if it was all torture, but it is is it actually was it torture or was it some you know like a conversiony processy thing i think it was both kind of i mean i saw i mean the the, the little flashes of stuff i saw both kinds of things happening there i mean granted but I suppose, never actually tortured him right because she loves him and all that 
It's it's left kind of ambiguous, right? I mean, I I, w- I, w- I don't think so. In retrospect, I don't think that was what was going on. I think he's it's the conversion, right? Yeah, he's 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 putting these together and meshing it wrong in his head that it was torture, but in reality, he's mixing the notions that he was uh, this this crazy transformation or whatever that involved rotary saws and whatnot, and then sex with her too. And you know, there you go. Did you guys know at the end of this? Oh, they're in the mirror universe. Because I don't think I did. I don't think I didn't realize it until the next episode. Uh, same. I'd agree. Yeah, I think it was the next one, I think. Kind of weird that they, you know, they originally wanted to get to the Mirror Universe even sooner, a few episodes earlier. Well, like I said, I'm going to save that for the next one. Okay, so what is this episode about? Well, obviously, you know, you, you've got some themes here. We talked about the PSD. It's PTSD. Um I guess the kind of the parallels in the, you know, you, we talked about Stamus and we talked about Tyler, how each of them are going through these emotional, mental situations and how they were handled differently and irresponsibly at the same time. And I, I you know, I, I, I agree with you, Brian. I buy, I buy their explanation with Stamus, um, you know, when, and, and he, you know, he could buy it, cop fight it into somebody. At, and I think that's what they're going and trying to show how emotional trauma can affect you and, and how it can affect others. Um, I think that's part of what they're going on, on in this episode, but there's a lot going on. Obviously, obviously in hindsight, there's, um, you know, don't trust what's in front of you. And that's go, that's what's going on with Orca. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint anything exactly what this episode's going on, <laughs> what they're specifically trying to say, but that's what I took from it. Steve? I think like so many kind of action-focused episodes, it's hard to nail it down because they use a lot of their energy to keep all those balls in the air or whatever. But if anything, I think that it's um, that notion of, uh, you know, the, the manipulation to get to an end result um, and and how people kind of just play off each other and how you know there, there there's there's feelings floating there and there's pride and it's it's human emotions kind of working against against themselves you know ultimately to get to that end point but in, in a way there's it's it's clouded because they almost have too many things going on but in its defense this episode i think i think that's the case a lot of times in um in, in episodes that focus on action and, and juggling a whole lot of things. I mean, some of those kinds of episodes that are enjoyable don't really have anything going on in a kind of, you know, moral stance or something. So, you know. All right, let's do Six Degrees for Into the Forest I Go. And it's actually a Six Degrees question this time. Woo! Steve, are you taking this one or are you going to wait? Uh, take I'll give it a go. One? Yeah, I'll go first. Kenneth Mitchell plays the Klingon Cull probably should have spent a little more time learning to fight against humans raised by Vulcans. <laughs> he will later play Aurelio in two episodes of Discovery, season three. Aurelio sits in a wheelchair, but Discovery has a different name for it. It's not wheelchair, it's... Hmm. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, but I can't recall the verbiage they used. Um, I have no idea. I'm sorry. Any guesses? Yeah. Uh, uh, no. no. <laughs> Adam, do you have a guess? Um, a hover chair? Yes, that's oh, right. Okay. <laughs> hover chair. Did you know or were you guessing? I just guessed. Wow, okay. I was that's like, great. well, how, how else would a chair work? I'm like, hey. yep, it's hover chair. All right. <laughs> Adam has one. Moving on. 
Despite Yourself, Season 1, Episode 10, original release date, January 7th, 2018. Directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Sean Cochran. Guest cast include Wilson Cruz as Dr. Hugh Colber, Mary Chifo as Laurel, Sam Bartholomeos as Danby Connor, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwan Chun as Reese, Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer, Sarah Midditch as Arium, uh, Ali Momin as Cameron Gant, Oyen Oladejo as Joanne Oosekun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as Bryce, Chris Violette as Breach Wheaton, and Romaine Waite as Troy Januzzi. Discovery's crew determines that they have arrived in a parallel mirror universe. With Stamus now unconscious, they are unable to power the spore drive. Tyler recovers a data core from a nearby wreckage of a Klingon ship, and they learn that the universe is ruled by a human Terran Empire, who are fighting a resistance that include Klingons and Vulcans. Burnham also learns her mirror counterpart is the captain of the ISS Shinzo, presumed dead after an attack by the mirror fugitive Lorca. I decided to hand this case over to another doctor. No. Medicine requires professional objectivity, Dr. Culber, and your bias, your personal bias compromises that. It compromises his recovery. Oh, suddenly you care about protocol. You wanted me to fake Stamets' medical records as a smokescreen. I bought you time so that you could push him into all those jumps and break the Klingon cloak. So he did. So we did. I'm the most qualified to care for him. Do you even want him to get better? Or did you want all of this to happen? I made a a note about the tagline for this episode. Being Terran means never having to say you're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm guessing a lot of our listeners aren't going to get that joke. That's okay. Adam, kick us off on Despite Yourself. Despite Yourself. Yes, you know, this obviously picks up right where we left off. We're in a strange place. Everybody's freaking out on the bridge. Sensors aren't working. Stars aren't looking right, and so we all know that something isn't going. Isn't you know, Stamus is um, his eyes are glazed over. He's unconscious. Eventually, we find out we're we're in the we're in the mirror universe. We're in another universe. So this is something we're we're all obviously familiar with throughout all the series of Star Trek. So I happen to enjoy the mirror universe stories for the most part. So. I, when I was first watching this and found this out, I, I was, I was pleased. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. You know, you get a lot of the fun stuff with characters being com- the exact opposite of what they were in the in the prime universe. Tilly, she's this, she's the captain of Discovery. She's not a very nice person. She has to pull off this act. So these are kind of some these are some fun things that we that we're all familiar with when we go into the mirror universe. At this point, I didn't I didn't know about Lorca, so I mean I'm not giving anything away for who haven't who haven't gone forward. But we'll get into that. No, um, season one is fair game. Fair Anything game. in season one is fair game. So I, you know, I'm I'm not there yet. When I first time first time to watched it, and I've, you know, if you, you know, I've been saying I've been enjoying the Lorca character a lot better this time around because you know I'm in the know now, and it's not so much as a surprise. And like, why did they do this? Why didn't they do that? I'm just kind of accepting it for what it is. To me, though, a lot of this episode is just kind of filler. They don't really do a whole lot. They're just kind of figuring out what's going on. You know, they go back to um, the Tyler issue and his, 
and his and his condition and obviously there's a a big narrative thing that goes on here with Tyler. He he kills the doctor, which <laughs> I remember watching this on first viewing. I'm like, that's out of the blue, and it was a pretty um pretty pretty just snap decision. He's dead, snap the neck, and you're just like, whoa. So that's kind of the big um probably the big you know out of everything that's in this episode, you're in the mirror universe. You're finding out about all these weird different characters, and then you know Tyler kills the doctor, and then he goes on the mission to the Shinzu and we get on to that ship and it's kind of exactly what we've seen in other mirror episodes. You know, the crew is very hardcore The you know, Burnham has to kill her first officer. So that's, it's kind of, it's, it's weird. Cause it's kind of, this episode is kind of heavy and kind of not at the same time. So that's what I've kind of taken about it. And I'll, I'll let Steve jump in. Well, I want to say, I want to talk about that. Well, all right, Steve, you go and then I'll, then I'll bring it up. That's cool. Yeah, so this is one of these that I think it scores a whole lot of points for being appealing to the Trek geek, you know, that like likes, you know, the canon and the continuity and all this kind of stuff. It's like that, you know, I they they throw in they even throw in the uh, you know the Defiant and the Enterprise Star Trek Enterprise episode reference and all this kind of stuff that appeals to it. I think I think. Part of me always feels like it. it I, I enjoy the mirror universe and I enjoy any reference to Trek canon, but I also feel like it's a little bit gratuitous in terms of that they base. That it, it feels like it's very. Um, they purposely went to these things just to get fan appeal, but I'm not sure how much it you know drives the whole thing forward in the sense that essentially we, we're derailed here. You know, I mean, for several episodes we do this 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 tangent you know and, and it's and it's entertaining i think in the long run we now see that we get some the the biggest thing stuff we get out of it is like um you know the uh, uh the the emperor and where that goes in the alternate universe and how they bring it back and so on but um i i, I think i it, it is it is kind of odd in retrospect how they kind of took this tangent for several episodes and took us way out of what they did in the first half of the season um now, having said that, I, I do enjoy it because it's there are a lot of uh, references to other elements of Trek canon, and uh, it, it, it's fun. This, you know, I think uh, what they do with Tilly and Killy and all that stuff—it's it's entertaining, you know, right? But um, um, and they set the stage for a number of things like the Colbert and Stamets and whatnot. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think the first episode of these two we're talking about today is a, a better episode. Um, I, I guess those are my thoughts of kind of the, the direction they took here in general. Well, let me first say, how has Tyler not been sidelined? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I don't understand how he goes on this, this very simple, very simple Klingon data core extraction using the little buggy thing. And it's obvious even to Lorca, there's something going on, but nope, everything's fine. Okay, great. How does Burnham not sideline him at that point? I don't get that. I don't get it. Even if you say he's out of his wits and can't make that decision for himself. Nope, doesn't make sense. Well, well even, even his first visit to the doctor, he's freaking out. The doctor doesn't say anything. He, yeah. he, the doctor even says, are you experiencing any of these symptoms? And he's like, no, you know, when he clearly is. So it was, yeah, and that was poorly written. I'm not even sure it makes sense that Later, when Culber realizes that there has been a potential, I think he actually uses the word Manchurian, uh, some kind of 
potential brainwashing stuff. He's gonna he's gonna tell that to Tyler first? in private. <laughs> he's right. not gonna have a without a small go army there first. in the room. Yes, you know that, what I'm nonsensical. But all right, even after all of that, Tyler kills Calder, and I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hated it the first time I saw it. I hated it this time because it's so unnecessary. It's it's, just- it's abs. Yes, it's absolutely pointless. It's absolutely pointless. It's completely unnecessary and pointless. And it might even be a little bit offensive, if you know, to like kill one of the first gay men on Star Trek. Sure. You know that what was that? What was that phrase that people had where they would always be they would always kill gay people on TV shows? I was trying to remember it. Well, I'm going to jump in here. It's offensive, Brian, for two reasons. There are really no consequences for his actions. That's and two, yes, absolutely. And two, We're fu- and, and two Culper comes back to life anyway. So why did they even do this? The, and as far as no consequences, he really does. Tyler comes back from this. How do you ever come back from that? Ever? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's we're going to talk more about that later, but it's just it's just so pointless. I could, I'm not even sure what the what they were going for. Was it supposed to be shock value? I I mean, aside from all the other things I talked about how it got it made no sense just to get to that point of him killing Culber. Even if even if it had made sense, how how is there not how are there not total consequences how is that not from here on out the point of his character is 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 retribution for that i mean i just i don't i hate i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it you know when you watch um tasha yar get killed and it feels it feels so pointless but you're like you know what she has to be let go from the show that that at the time they couldn't come up with something better okay but you know, they had to do something that was killing her off, right? That there's just there's no there's no reason for this. I I don't I just I don't get it. It's ugh. You know, and they're they're trying to like play it up. We just saw them have like uh, Culber and Stamets have like that you know passionate kiss at, in the previous episode, uh, right before the the last jump, I think, or right before all the micro jumps. But it was in the last episode. And then now, all of a sudden, he's dead. I don't know. I just, I just don't. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't even know what they were trying to do, so that I could disagree with that choice. <laughs> I just don't get it at all. I don't even have a made-up answer for what the point was. It's just pointless, and I and I hate it. Doing a brief amount of research here, uh, there's a trope called "bury your gaze." I don't know. Bury your gaze. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Bury your gaze. Yes. That's what it felt like when I saw this. Yeah. Now they do bring him back, but it's not. It's not anytime soon. Is it even this season? Do we even see him again no, this season? No. I don't think so. You know, so this season is... Okay, so that's 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 one thing. Brian, I'll, I'll give you something here. I forgot that it happened this early. I thought that Tyler went more off the... That he was more off the deep end by the time he got by the time he got to Culber. I'm like, oh, crap, he kills him here. <laughs> it's not even that far gone by this point. You know, and in a way, this... This makes Burnham look bad too, right? Because she had multiple chances to take him out of the rotation, to tell people what was going on, and she covered for him, and she's partly responsible for Culver, Culber's murder in that sense, right? This makes your lead character look even worse and stupid. And she, if there's one thing that Burnham is not, is unintelligent. Burnham is the smartest person on the damn ship. Well, it's right. even worse because she's raised Vulcan, so Vulcans shouldn't even have that 
problem. I don't. I don't know. I just like I said. I I don't even know what they were going for. I wish. I wish I understood what they were trying to say or do here. I clearly wouldn't agree with it, but I wish I at least had an answer to that question because I feel like I don't. I feel like I they I did. I just don't even have a guess to what they were thinking here. Well, I mean, I mean, well, let's was it just shock value, or were they just trying to say, you know, this is what can happen when you have, you know, post traumatic stress syndrome? I, I don't, I don't. What are your thoughts, Steve? I mean, well, I mean, maybe they were trying to address how I think they were just going for shock because I mean, we've already established he's 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 losing it. You know, I mean, he's 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 a very divided character. He's we never really fully, I think, fathom what exactly they did, right? Because it's not as simple as just turning someone into something else. I mean, there's some kind of twisted combining of things. You know, it's really bizarre, right? So um, I, I can't help but think it's just a shock thing, you know? And worst case, it's like what you address. It's it's bury the gaze or it's, or it's a gratuitous emotional tug at our heartstrings. I don't know what it is, you know, but you know what they but see it's like it's like a series of of uh undefined motivations i don't understand what that was I, I don't understand what what the purpose of that scene was i don't understand what anybody's motivation is in that scene i don't understand what the writer's purpose was and then you just mentioned how we kind of never really exactly know understand exactly what they did to tyler slash whatever he was yeah i don't understand that either and that's you, so you go back a level, and I don't understand any of those motivations or what the purpose of all that was. What was the purpose of him becoming sort of human and getting placed onto this ship? I, I mean, I don't. You know, so we have this moment in this episode when he's he goes to uh, Laurel, you know, and he's like, "What did you do to me?" And she says this prayer, and it just makes him freak out more. And she says, "The prayer should have made you remember something is wrong." I don't. I just. I don't. What was the purpose here? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I want to know, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't, I, it shouldn't be so convoluted, you know, side thing. I mean, a separate thing, separate thing, but, but equally as confusing, right. Or, or convoluted. Right. So think about the storyline in this episode, Lorca, if you haven't figured it out by now, folks, I don't really care for this. episode. I don't hate it. I just think it's, it's consistently convoluted. It consistently doesn't have a point and it's consistently confusing and pointless. <laughs> Uh, unlike the previous episode, which I think I liked. All right, anyway, so this one. All right, so Lorcas suggests that he and Burnham pose as their mirror universe selves and go to the Shinzo so that they can learn the details of the Defiant, which is something we've, we never see or talk about in this episode, other than the name of it, right? To see if they can discover a way to get back to their universe. Now, we have watched this episode multiple times, the three of us. That it's like okay, yeah, I follow you, but doesn't that just when you say it out loud, doesn't that plotting just seem a little bit too <laughs> convoluted and in the weeds to actually make any sense to be to be with yeah. it in the moment, yeah, without yeah. having to think about what's going on in every scene because it, it's it's too much, it's a step too far. Yeah, I mean, it's so much so I give up. I mean, when I watch it, I just <laughs> like, oh, okay, good, and I'm just like passively slay back and just let it stuff happen. I mean, and that's why I brought up the whole notion of the Defiant from referencing the Enterprise episode, because that feels very gratuitous, because they don't do anything. With, right. I mean, you know, it's, it's just like, oh, here's the thing. Oh, it, all that does for fans is like, the writers know they care, or they're trying to pretend they care or something. And if that, you're not it. a Star Trek fan nut, it's just, yeah, yeah. then it's, 
meaningless. It, you, it's meaningless, and you really don't understand what the hell they're doing and what's going on. Well, you see the picture of the Defiant, and then you go, well, that looks like the Enterprise, and you're probably even more confused. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Um, Brian, there's one There's one other scene that kind of bothered me in this episode. Um, now, in hindsight, it's easy to kind of go, okay, he deserves to be in there, but the, they left Lorca in there to get tortured, Burnham and um, Tyler. I mean, she yeah, she saw what was going to happen to him, just leaving him in there, and make, that also kind of seemed out of character for for Starfleet crew members to kind of, you know, I I know their scheme, what they were trying to do, but okay, we'll leave him in this torture closet while we go do other stuff, and then they show. I think it drives it home when they show him at the end, very end scene, and he's sitting there and he's being horribly tortured, and it's the like, other thing to think about is why would he allow himself to do that when he like, knows. What that really is, right? Yeah. He knows what the agonizer is, even though nobody else really does. He does. It's this magical level of pain, <laughs> and you would think that he would not want to that or be okay with it or encourage it. And like I said, why, how would Burnham and Tyler be okay with leaving their captain in a in a torture closet? Yeah. Plus, he's such a manipulator. He would have already had a plan in place to get him from surely. experiencing that. You know, so. surely. So to, to me, it's like, what's the point of having that? Why didn't they just throw him in a brig? The other thing is, so we learn in this episode that the guess is that the Mirror Universe Discovery, with all of its crew, was probably sent to, I'm just going to call it the Prime Universe because I don't know how else to say it, was sent to the Prime Universe? Yeah. Do we kind of, find any more about that? I don't remember. No, and that's disappointing. You know what would have been cool is that we'd had, you know, when you think about like those Enterprise episodes... What was so cool about them is it didn't start like in the Prime Universe. Those, If you remember, those episodes were just 100% in the Mirror Universe. They right. were Mirror Universe yeah. episodes. They even did like the Mirror Universe opening title changes, right? It would have been cool is if this show had had an episode that was in the Prime, but just with with that Mirror Universe ship figuring out what the hell's going on there and sure. also really seeing the evil characters. Because yeah. if you remember... That's the cool thing about like the DS9 episodes and even the original series Mirror Mirror episode. Yeah. Seeing the actual Mirror Mirror ones was neat because we'd had plenty of shows where we saw what our prime people were like. And to actually see that to see them evil, to let the actors play it to the hilt. Well, we should remember Kira, you know. Uh that stuff was great. So now this this takes me to my chief complaint about this episode and the next few episodes. You've got a, what, 14, 15 episodes season one, and you spend about half of it, nearly half of it, in the Mirror Universe. And this is the first season. It seems too early to me to do this. It seems too early to me to go to the Mirror Universe because we haven't, we don't really know who, we're still getting to know our main, our main characters. Seeing their opposite is, is, is not um, enlightening to us because we don't know what the start is yet. It seems premature to go here, and it definitely seems premature to go there and spend half of your season, half of your relative, you know, compared to old Star Trek, short season in the Mirror Universe. It, I mean, it feels, here's what it feels like, and this is my complaint. It feels like they just wanted to go to the Mirror Universe. <laughs> like, oh, let's let's make Star Trek. Okay. Hey, let's go to the Mirror Universe. Yes, that sounds fun. Let's do that. That's not a good enough reason to go to the Mirror Universe. I don't know. It doesn't, it seems they did it because just because they wanted to do it and not because they had, you know, narratively strong reasons for doing it. And they, that's how they started their show. I don't know. It just, it seems too early 
to go to the mirror universe for me. That seems premature. I mean, Discovery always kind of had an, an inherent problem with it. You have this, um, you have this ship that can do can do these crazy jumps at, that we never heard anything about um, in all of Star Trek. So it was kind of that. I remember going into Discovery thinking this when I started seeing what Dis- Discovery could do. It's like, well, what's going on here? Why? What's with the spore drive? And obviously, they explain that more as we go on into the next season and then into the third season. But at the time, I'm like, well, maybe they're just going to go to the mirror universe so they don't have to explain why um, we never knew about Spock's sister or this ship that could do these amazing things that no other ship could do, and we'd never heard of it. So that that was my first thought when they went to the mirror universe and they started spending so much time over, over there. Steve, you don't have any issues with – you think this was – all right. No, no. I, I like I, I kind of said. No, I, I'm sorry. I mean specifically going to this idea of going to the mirror universe halfway into your first season. Yeah, it, it does feel premature. It feel it feels like it's just a like some kind of stunt, you know, to try to get viewers on board. I mean, I don't be harsh about it. it. It's fun and stuff. I mean, if you, if you're a Trek fan and you know about it and you see all these references, that's cool. But it, it, I remember, I remember back at the time, it felt forced. It felt like they were doing something that was just, yeah, it's cool they're doing this, but they're just making an excuse to do it, and and it felt early, and you know, whatever, all that stuff you said. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I agree with you, Steve. Going back to the beginning, I mean, the best thing that we get out of this is Michelle back because she's she's great mm-hmm. as um, emperor as emperor. You yeah, know, we get to see that. You know, I mean, you're right, Brian. We didn't really get to know um, Captain DiGiorgio very well, but we, you know, we we get the fit the sense that she's a, a straight laced Starfleet captain. You know, in line with you know all the other cap, you know, some of the best captains. We get that feeling of her. So you do kind of get that, you know, on the other end, Michelle playing the Emperor, and obviously she's great at it. And so we do get we do get her back, and that's the good part about it that comes out of these um, next several episodes. What is this episode about? You know, when a friend comes to you and says they're having some serious issues, don't um, don't let them slide. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they'll kill your doctor. Yeah. I guess you. I mean, not to joke around anymore, but I mean, yeah, you can. There, there are consequences to not taking um, things seriously, or there are consequences to trusting somebody you care about beyond your instincts you know i mean because obviously you know learned she knew she knew about this she knew what was going on um and we see what tyler did he ends up going nuts and killing killing the doctor and you know going forward we don't know what what else kind of craziness he's going to get into so i guess that's guess what i'm looking for there are consequences to your actions when you're trying you know to you know when you're trying to be nice and do the do the good thing instead of doing the right thing yeah, I mean, I think that this this is a um, unlike the the first one we talked about. This is a classic example of an action centric episode that really doesn't have a whole lot to say. I mean, right? I mean, you, you we can say all these things that it might be trying to do, but it's a bit convoluted. You know, it, it's just kind of keeping a you know, it's spinning its wheels. It's it's, it's there's some fun stuff. It, it's entertaining and it's and there are a lot of Trek references for you know canon references for the Trek fan and whatnot. But I, I don't think that it's really saying anything. It's just kind of keeping a whole lot of stuff spinning and you know, it can be kind of fun, but it's 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 if anything it's trying to do too much or it's just you know doing doing too little. It's just it's just having um, action and things happening 
to keep you distracted from the fact there's not a lot of substance, maybe. But All right, let's do six degrees for Despite Yourself. Adam? Yes. This is just a trivia question. What was the name of the Enterprise two-parter that revealed the Defiant was in the Mirror Universe? What's the name of that Enterprise Mirror Universe two-parter? Uh, Steve might be tying it up. I'm just going to say um, the Defiant. Nope. Steve? Um, I'm trying to remember. So, ugh. I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. just not coming to me. Nope. In a mirror, darkly. Hmm. Clever. Part one and part two. <laughs> All right. Adam takes it for the day. This episode should be posting on the fourth, the day that CBS All Access becomes Paramount Plus. Yes. They did. They they announced a whole bunch of Star Trek stuff without really announcing any Star Trek stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of those posts. Like we're filming. You know, we're making stuff now, but we don't know when it's coming out. Well, they at least they implied that they would like to have a new Star Trek. I don't mean like a brand new show every single, but like every quarter they want to be either, you know, releasing a whatever new season from whatever show so that every quarter there's a new Star Trek for us to watch. Yeah, that kind of seems to be the path that Disney's kind of working on, right? Well, so far Disney seems like they're more frequent than that between Star Wars and Marvel, but but I, I, it did. That, their goal is to have a new, some new Star Trek every quarter, so that we will not pause our subscriptions. And I'm like, well, that probably, you know, if I was only going to shut it down for one month, yeah, I probably wouldn't. I guess maybe. <laughs> but we did at least we saw we got to see a picture from the main cast of Prodigy, the animated show, and they announced that it's not going to Nickelodeon at first. It's going to go to Paramount Plus first, so that's good. It looks like it's going to be the first Star Trek show that does not feature a human in the main cast. And I didn't really recognize any of the species, I don't think. So anyway, that got my attention. I'm assuming they're not going to be drop, dropping any F-bombs in that one because <laughs> it's supposed to be for kids. But we'll see. I hope they do a bunch. Brian, I have a quick question. <laughs> okay. Have, uh, has CBS in the has the television part of CBS and the movie part, have they reconciled or is that still coming? yeah yeah so, that that's what made all this possible gotcha yeah and that was gosh a couple years ago now maybe something well, what like is that it, the the the, owner, the ceo died yeah well it was viacom was the main was the parent you know and they've they've merged everything that they own now i mean they used to be together and then they split whatever that was a decade ago and now they're back together i just wanted to point out that their idea is maybe a year from now or less, we're going to start having a, some new Star Trek every quarter. That would be exciting. I'd be I'd be up for that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's it. Oh, they did announce a uh, Lower Decks season one is coming on a Blu-ray in May. Got that pre-order in. Um, all right. So you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion, and our Facebook listener page is facebook.com slash trek companion we are going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of discovery's first season thank you so much for spending an hour with us and until next time take it easy bye guys see you
Stefan and Pastor.